Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Daily Drop-In Morning Show where the Teach Better team is live every single morning at 7 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. If you're listening here on the Teach Better Talk podcast, we are appreciative that you are listening to this after the fact as well. We have a full show for you. It is Tuesday, March 8th. And we have not only a wonderful guest with us, but we're going to continue discussing our theme. We have some good news and some holidays for you. And then I'm sure a slew of great dialogue. So please go fill up your coffee, getting ready for the day. Make sure to prop up your phone or be listening to us on YouTube, pulled up on your television as you get the day started. And we'll be right back. <laughs> We are thrilled that you are choosing to start your morning with us. Happy, happy Tuesday. We'd love to hear where you are viewing from and how your morning's going thus far. So feel free to get us started in our comments. We have Ashley with us. Ashley, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited. Oh, Ashley, it's going to be so fun to be able to talk shop. I know that you are doing incredible things in the classroom and have just have so many things to share. So I appreciate waking up bright and early to hang out with the Teach Better community. Absolutely. I'm happy to share. So Ashley, for people who may not be connected to you, would you mind sharing a little about yourself, kind of what you do in education, all the good stuff? Absolutely. So I am a instructional technology facilitator at a school just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, We serve 850 third through fifth grade students. Um, I have a staff of about 90 teachers that I work with, mentor um, in technology. So basically my job is to support all of the tech, all of the Chromebooks, um, our programs. And I do have a wonderful technician that does the break fix kind of side, whereas I'm more of the instructional, how can we better incorporate technology into the day to day? Wonderful. How did you get into that space? Um, So I started in education eight years ago now in my district. And when I started, I had a wonderful ITF at my school and I met her and I've always been really into technology. So when I met her, I said, I want to be you when I grow up. And I asked her, how can I be you? And she said, here's the checklist. She's like, you got to teach for at least four years. You have to get an advanced degree. Um, You've got to stay up to the latest trends in technology. And so I just kind of went along that checklist and um, ended up getting my advanced degree in instructional technology. Um, And then going from the classroom into this role. And so it was kind of nice. Um, I started in this role when we all went virtual, um, which some people called crazy. And I'd say that I went from basically being behind the scenes to in front of the camera and running the show almost overnight. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, we all had a crazy experience, but for you to change roles to best support that experience is 
is wonderful. What what drew you to the position? I know you kind of met this incredible mentor and said, "Ooh, I want to be you when I grow up." But what is it specifically that you find the most fulfillment out of your role? Just getting to work with teachers, getting to be in the classroom, getting to work with students, um, and just basically going from that like small four walls of a classroom to a building of a school and just getting to see all these master teachers day in and day out do wonderful things for children and then also getting to have those experiences for the children so whether it's 3d printing or robots or coding um just get, bring, getting to bring that into the classroom because I know that technology is not necessarily something that everybody is comfortable with. And so I've always said that that's something that is a passion for me and I'm happy to share that passion. So for teachers, I like to bring that ex those experiences into the classroom because I do believe that STEM is very important in the classroom. No, and I love that you're able to support so many different so many different master teachers, as you called them. I love that. And I, I think your mindset of, oh, I just extended my classroom rather than four walls of a learning space. We now have an entire building I get to support. I think that's such a wonderful approach for uh, the role that you're in. Now that you're in the dream job, do you have other goals and aspirations? you think you'll stick around this space for a while? Have you even gotten there to be able to think through that? I mean, it's only been a few years since you've been in this position, but have you found other mentors that you're aspiring to be yet? Or are you living the dream? Um, I mean, I'm living the dream every single day and every opportunity I consider is a blessing. Um, I definitely do see myself one day maybe going into more of the ed tech role um, just to even support more teachers because I do feel like um, teachers really need that support right now. And as many people as I can help is great for me. Um, I do currently love my school. I have a fantastic administration. My principal is absolutely wonderful. Um, so that's definitely something that's always in the back burner of my mind. Like I'd be leaving that love and that support, but I have such a dream team behind me of people that dream bigger than I do. So who knows? We'll see where the future turns up. I love it. No, and I, I appreciate giving shout outs to leadership teams and administrator administrative teams. It's always good to give shout outs to everybody in that entire school ecosystem. For those of you who may need this reminder this morning as you're getting ready for your day, it is Tuesday. So speaking of administrators, we will have our admin mastermind happening here twice today. On Tuesdays, we host a admin mastermind two, twice, uh, once in the morning and once in the afternoon. And it's always good to be able to kind of like celebrate leaders coming together and brainstorming and talking shop. And then they head back to their buildings and essentially be able to implement these new ideas and resources after getting the support of the mastermind. So if any of you listening are in the leadership role, if you're in an administrative role in the in a school building, or actually we're going to have to get your leadership team to hang out with the Teach Better team uh, mastermind, you guys can get details over at teachbetter.com slash mastermind. So Ashley, I was looking through kind of how we were connected. And, you know, we were already connected on Facebook. I followed you on Instagram. I We weren't even connected on Twitter as of this morning. So I was like, oh my gosh, how am I not following her? But do you remember how you got connected to the Teach Better team? Is this, maybe we both don't remember the story. Do you have any idea? I, I do actually. And I was thinking about it the other day. Um, when you started really talking about like mastery teaching and um, learning about 
just a different way to approach student learning. That's when I found you guys on social media because I truly believe that, I feel like students aren't given enough pathways to show their learning. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I believe the tech integration is so important um, because I feel like some students, we just, they're the quiet ones or they're not necessarily good at a worksheet. And so um, doing that like kind of flipped classroom model where they can access their learning and then go even deeper when they get into the classroom is amazing to me. Mm, I love that you got connected with us to try and continue to discover the right space to support students. I think that's so wonderful. And friends, whether you're looking to take an official course in the academy or read a blog or listen to a podcast, there's so many just fun ways to engage with new information. So Ashley, I think it's so cool that you got involved just to be a learner, right? Like that's what our community oh, yes. is all about, just being a learner. Uh, good morning to all of our friends in the comments. We have Bree, Elijah, Chad is dropping in. Brad's dropping in. It's so good to see all of you. I know we have Marie in here. Marie actually has a question. So actually, if you don't mind, we're going to start us off in this question right here before we transition into anything else. Marie's saying, what advice can you give to, to teachers who receive pushback for incorporating STEM skills in the classroom because there are more important standards? What are your thought on, thoughts on this? Oh, goodness. Um, this is one that I go to bat for almost daily um, because as someone who's very passionate about technology and sees the benefit board in learning, um, students need to know. And right now, a lot of schools are going one-to-one -one with devices. And I can tell you right now, if you're using any technology in your classroom, that is a launching point for you to start teaching STEM skills. Um, mm -hmm. Students need to know like why when they're typing in a Word doc, that little red line comes underneath a word. And that means your word is spelled wrong, but it also means that the computer can help you. And that's a STEM skill that just some people don't realize is a STEM skill. Also, my other thing is that you can, if as long as you're tying it back to the standards, I feel like technology should be an enhancement of your learning. So as long as you're tying it back to those standards, whether it's using Ozobots to code multiplication or dash and dots to show a new project that you're doing with the students, um, I feel like it all has to go back to that beginning standard of what you're teaching. And then the tech is just the extension of how they show that learning. So, I mean, I think this is something that we're going to battle because unfortunately um, it is seen as too much screen time. But I also say that, yes, there's some benefit to not using technology. Um, there is a time and a place for the paper and the pencil, and there's a time and a place for the device. And students now are using devices all the time. Um, in my role, I see the good and the bad, the ugly of how a student can use the device. So it's really about teaching them this is the device and this is the power and the responsibility that you have and to use it Actually, wisely and in a good way. Yeah, I know. I love that your focus is ensuring that you are integrating and blending these concepts versus teaching ideas or standards in isolation, right? That's really a huge mm -hmm. emphasis is that these STEM skills, these technology skills can be integrated in so many purposeful ways as we continue to explore those 
traditional content standards. So what a great suggestion for us. And obviously you were the perfect guest to have on this week because we are doing a tech refresh during our brainstorm bank. That's our theme this week is wanting to ensure we are purposefully using technology, do a little of a refresh or reflection on our practices thus far this year and be able to kind of set a plan and intention for the rest of the school year. So Ashley, I'm so excited to get into Brainstorm Bank with you. Before we transition into that, we do have a little tradition that we've started every morning where we uh, document a moment of gratitude, something we're thankful for. For those of you who watch the show or maybe even do this practice on your own as well, there's an app that we have connected with called Happy Feed. And it's just a free app that we have um, connected with the team over there on and it's a place to not only document moments of gratitude, but also be able to revisit those moments of gratitude at any point in time, which is just kind of fun, not only to document just appreciative things that we love and enjoy in our lives, but also be able to revisit moments of celebration that we've been able to document in the past. So as we build our bank of these moments of gratitude, Ashley, I'd love to ask you, what should we put in our Happy Feed app today? What are you most grateful for? I am most grateful for my support team. And I mean, that starts as small as my six-year-old at home who tells me every day, mom, you're the best mom in the world. And it goes up until the people that I work with on a daily basis here at school. So just having those people behind your back, cheering you on, dreaming those big dreams for you is more than I can even say, I'm just, I'm so thankful for every single one of them. Ugh, what a great, great, great thing to submit. I'm so glad that we were able to document that perfect moment of gratitude. We'll be right back in our brainstorm bank to dive further into technology. And of course, if you guys have questions that you'd like for us to discuss this morning, feel free to throw them in the chat. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining the Daily Drop-In Morning Show. Whether you're listening live with us or listening after the fact on Teach Better Talk podcast, we appreciate you being here. We so also appreciate you subscribing and rating and review the show to make sure that we are not only hearing from you, but also able to reach more listeners and more viewers. Of course, if you are watching on you know, a social media platform, feel free to share. If you are listening on your favorite podcasting app, it's just easy to hit that subscribe button and let us know what you think so far. And of course, if you're following us on YouTube or anything else, again, that little subscribe button is so, so helpful for us to be able to continue to reach a wider audience. Ashley, we have been able to have so much conversation so far, but I'm excited to get into the weeds a little bit around what you love about technology. Our theme this week is about refreshing our practices. So ensuring that we're reflecting and, and, and bringing the right things into our students to be able to create the most dynamic experiences possible. Can you give us a little insight when I say that we're doing a tech refresh? What does that mean to you? Well, when I think about, I was in the classroom on that week um, of 2020 when everything just went completely virtual. And I remember I was teaching second grade and um, I remember even being the tech enthusiast myself I had all these great things in front of me as far as like ways to um, communicate 
my lessons, whether it was Zoom or Microsoft Teams. But when it came to the meat of the content, I was just really grasping at straws for things that I could do virtually because I didn't have those manipulatives. I didn't have those tried and true activities that I had done multiple times or had the ability to do um, all of a sudden because my kids, they use technology, but not completely individually by themselves in a room without their parents or somebody to help to guide them. So I think back to that and it was good. I mean, I think my kids got a great education during that period because I was putting my heart and soul more than I ever had um, into making sure that they were getting the content somehow through a screen. But I think now that we're in this post virtual world and everything is coming back in person, we really do have to think about, okay, now I use that technology, but at the time for them to access their education. And now we really need to switch gears into engaging students in technology because necessarily throwing up a worksheet on, that's a PDF on a platform that'll take it isn't necessarily tech integration. That's still a worksheet, which makes me cringe a little bit. So just really using those things where students are creating and expanding their learning um, and engaging in it and creating those experiences through technology. I, I always believe that students, when they open that device, should it should be a memorable moment. It shouldn't be something like, I'm never going to remember. I don't know if, it, you, if for you, Ray, but for me, I've never remembered any worksheet that a teacher has ever given me. Um, so that's just my thing with technology, we need to make sure that every day they're opening that device, it's an experience, it's something they're gonna remember, and that at the end of the day, it's enriching their experience. Um, so different, like just taking those apps that we've used and looking that, at them in a new light, like going back to the creating and those higher level, DOKs and depths of knowledge and pulling that in and saying, okay, now we have this device. How can we make it better? It shouldn't just be, oh, this replaces the worksheet. No, completely. And I think a lot of educators, even in the comments, are saying, yes, this is how I feel. Um, some educators, as reflecting on this point, says, I agree with this. I want to create this, but how do I actually do it? What What's the action items? What's the What's the strategic planning? How can I ensure that I don't just replace something with a piece of technology, but I actually enhance what I'm doing with the use of technology? Do you have, I know that we, you just create, created this like incredible top level answer, but do you have any like action steps? Like what do you do when you get in a teacher's room and they say, sure, Ashley, I love that idea, but where do I start? Well, my first, my first thing is always go back to the standards. So you need to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're going back to those standards and saying, what is my child truly trying to learn in this moment? What is my goal? And from there, then you come up with how can I engage them in that goal? So again, I know, and I know teachers for years that have teach, been teaching for years, they have that like Bible or they have that binder of those tried and true paper activities and I mean, if you've been teaching a while, you know what I'm talking about. It's those like little things that you're like, oh, every October I did this and every November I did this. Um, and so it's taking that and putting that to the side and then saying, okay, now I have this device. 
And then what's my end goal? So normally if I have a friend that comes to me all the time and she's like, at the end of it, I want them to make a PSA about um, water pollution. And I said, okay, so that's your end goal. Now we take that and say, how can we integrate the technology? So first we look at the devices we have available to us. So at my school, we have Chromebooks and we have iPads. And we say, okay, which program is going to be the most cost effective because we all love free and then which program is going to be easiest for students to navigate and use and then if I don't know that program or the teacher doesn't know that program pulling in somebody that can help support us so in being okay to say like I don't know what this program is and that's fine there there are experts out there there are so many youtube videos out there that you can pull in and say and watch and say okay this is what i'm going to do um so i think first again starting with that strategy then figuring out what program some great ones canva if you haven't experienced canva for educators it's canva.com it's free your students can create everything from a, a video to a infographic to a poster to a bulletin um iMovie if you have apple devices it's free it comes on the apple device so using those programs that we have but we just never thought like oh this could be something for education and the students are so incredibly proud of themselves when they create something. And then the teacher is too, because it's that kind of proud mama moment of, look, look what my kids have done. So just taking those step by step and reaching out. So Twitter is a wonderful way to find educators that know things about different technology platforms. And again, just brainstorming and collaborating, just like we're doing right now. Ashley, I love that your focus is to go back to those core fundamentals of best practices, right? So you need to start with your end result in mind and then work mm -hmm. your way backwards, right? So you take that standard, you take that goal, you take that intention and you say, if I want to get here and I'm starting here, how do I move my way to, 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 this, uh, to this path to reach my goal? I think that's a great, great place to start. I think a lot of educators find technology and they say, oh, I want to use this. How can I incorporate this in my room? Rather than already identifying, this is what I need to do. Is there a technology resource I have access to to help me get there more effectively? Uh, you have a lot of people saying, yes, oh my gosh, I agree with you so much. Uh, Brad is jumping in saying, reminds me of what you said about the red line under the misspelled word, not about what the tech displays, but how learners can interact with yes. that. Uh, piece of feedback essentially, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Ashley, was there a, um, this is a loaded question, but is there a tech resource that you've seen translate from, you know, our fully virtual environment to now our post virtual environment? I love to use that term earlier. Have you seen any technology resources that you're like, I've just seen a lot of success with this. Teachers seem to understand it easily. It seems to be extremely adaptive depending on your age group. Has there been one resource? Is it really just, you know, a hodgepodge of so many different pieces? Honestly, the big one for me is Nearpod, um, which it does require a subscription to, but K-12, it is so just interactive. You have the ability to do student paced lessons, a teacher live lesson, um, pull in all, like they have a bank of just lessons from all over the curriculum 
Can you just um, and then somebody who's listening that doesn't know what Nearpod is at all, can you kind of give us a an overview of what it is before we get into how we can use it, just so people can clarify? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's a website and it's an app and it's a way for you to create an interactive lesson. So they have um, to think of like a PowerPoint and then extremified, I guess, because you can put games that the students interact with. You can put um, fill in the blanks. You can put a quiz in the middle of it. You can integrate YouTube videos, all of that, all into one video platform. And then as you present the lesson. Easy way for like people that are listening to kind of take stock informative assessment throughout the lesson is Oh, yes, absolutely. Take formative assessments throughout the lessons, create those experiences. They have virtual reality. um, They have virtual field trips. They have um, mindfulness videos you can throw in. And then, like I said, cross curriculum. So they have different um, focuses. Like right now, they've got a women's history focus. Um, They have one for February, they had Black History Month. Um, they have a really great one on cultural diversity and accepting other people. So yeah, it's a great resource. For those of you listening, um, Teach Better and Nearpod have done a number of different collaborations. So if you're not using Nearpod and you're looking for some sort of code or access, um, I have no promises, but I feel like there might be something that we can find for you. So if you guys have never tried Nearpod, uh, I'd love to help in any way connect you. That's a it's a great, Ashley, a great example of a tech resource that is not free. So I understand the the hurdle with that, but really does kind of open up a number of opportunities for educators to maybe stay a little bit in their comfort zone and step out only slightly to to engage mm-hmm. with their students throughout a maybe more traditional lesson um, to kind of get those those pieces of feedback from students. It's a really great recommendation. Any others in addition to that? I know I cut you off earlier as you were talking about Nearpod and the value it brings. I just want to go through some of those basics for them. Um, Canva too. Like I said, Canva is one that I I really, I don't think it gets enough light in the education aspect because um, it's pretty to, it's pretty easy to use and to create digital designs. Um, but for students just to like have that launching point to start and they have so many great templates that a student can just edit or they, you can go, you can go rogue and start with a blank template and just kind of create from there. Um, but yeah, those are probably the two that like stick out to me the most. Um, but also just using like the Google suite, if you have that available um, for slides or sheets or docs, those are great ways for students to just start creating and um, on a very simplified basic level. And then it's easy too, because they can just share the document directly with the teacher. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of great text tools out there. And I mean, even as someone who uses them daily, it's not, I haven't explored the whole world. So like I said, if there is something that you want to create, I guarantee you there's probably a tech tool that is available for you to use. It's just a matter of whether you're willing to jump in, dip your toe in, start somewhere. Well, and like you recommended earlier, most of these tutorial videos on how to use these technology resources are not only things they can reach out to you for, but exist on YouTube and everywhere else. And obviously Canva is an example you've given that is a free resource. The Teach Better team 
lives in Canva constantly. If you see any graphic done by the Teach Better team or the Teach Better family, you're, it's probably coming out of Canva. So uh, we really love that platform as well. And not only is it free for students, but it is free at an updated level for educators as well, just using your school email. So for those of you who have not explored it, it's a great, easy, easy space to make eye-catching resources. It's a, it's a great uh, suggestion there, Ashley. Before we transition here into our good news for the morning, I'd love to kind of ask you, if somebody was um, popping into our video right now and they only had a few minutes uh, to stay with us as they're getting ready for their morning and popping into daily drop-in, what would be the one message you want our community to learn from this morning? Something that you really feel passionately about that you hope they take away from, from tuning in this morning? Oh, absolutely. So that technology is a language and everybody always says like, oh, Ashley, like you really understand it. You know exactly what to do. And it's honestly because I practice it. And unfortunately, technology is an ever evolving language. So you constantly have to kind of be working on those skills. You constantly have to be looking at those programs to see and say what like what is coming out, what is what's doing. So if if it scares you, um, my advice is just to keep practicing with it and just keep using it. And it doesn't always need to be in front of students. Like you can take it home, kind of play with it and just have fun. It doesn't always need to be that like critical lesson. And I definitely wouldn't do it in that critical lesson right before that benchmark or the end of grade exam, because honestly, that's like I said, that's not going to enhance the children's learning. That's not going to create that experience for them. They're going to know you're just as nervous. And also, your kids play a giant role. They know a lot. Like I said, they know a lot about these devices now. They're so happy to help you and be that kind of guide or that mentor. I can't tell you how many times a kid has come to me and said, I, I, I reminded my teacher to turn off their computer and turn it back on when it wasn't working. And it helped. Um, so I think just, again, it's a language, it's ever evolving. So you've got to kind of practice it. You've got to stay on top of it. It's not something that when it happened, something that happened 20 years ago, it's totally different right now. So, but taking those steps to realize that you'll learn it, it'll be okay. And there's a whole community ready to support you when you're ready to take that jump. I love it. We'll be right back friends with some good news and of course our holidays. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here with our daily drop-in morning show. We are going to transition here to some good news for the day, some good news articles, and we also, of course, have our holidays. Always good to celebrate big holidays, small holidays, and just some goofy holidays to continue to foster relationships between ourselves and students, ourselves with colleagues, anything in between. Ashley, are you up for some celebrating this morning? Absolutely. On my daily morning show that I do with the kids, we always celebrate the fun, the wacky, and the crazy holidays. I love it. See, that's a great way to kick off the morning, right? Starting with some of those fun opportunities to laugh and foster discussion. This morning has a blending of many funny holidays and also some ones that would probably foster a great discussion in your communities. 
For example, today is International Women's Day. I'm sure you've been seeing on social media and a number of different places, uh, people celebrating International Women's Day. Girl power is celebrated through the historical, cultural, and political achievements of women. So lots to celebrate there, lots of discuss uh, discussions that you can have with students this morning as you get started. Ashley, think we'll be celebrating that one today? Oh, absolutely. That'd be good. It's also National Proofreading Day. Let's talk about some typos. I love the example, Ashley, you gave us this morning of how STEM can be integrated into so many different practices, one of which was simply utilizing that, that um, line underneath the words, the red line that we all hate telling us that we spelled something wrong. Um, so it sounds like proofreading was a perfect opportunity today to celebrate that. As we continue to uh, look at the goofy holidays today, for those of you that might be working in a home office on occasion, maybe on the weekends you have a home office, today is organize your home office day. So maybe after school, head back home, say hello to your family, and maybe organize the home office a little bit. That doesn't sound too exciting to me, though, Ashley. No, not really. <laughs> not too much. But on the, on the flip side, something at least that is a little bit sweeter than organizing our home office it is National Peanut Cluster Day, which the picture looks like a really, really delicious chocolate crumble that might have some peanuts in it. Are you a peanut or chocolate fan? I am I am a huge peanut and chocolate fan. Reese's are life. Oh, see? So I think I would probably cheat. And rather than like eat a peanut cluster on today's holiday, I would just grab a Reese's because that's the same ingredients. It's just probably mixed up a little bit differently. Basically, yeah. I love it. It was so good. For our good news this morning, uh, we are grabbing a good news article, article from the Good News Network, goodnewsnetwork.org. Um, just a shout out to, obviously, there's so many things going on in the world, and we always love to celebrate those that are adding positivity and, and support and solution-seeking options into our communities. This headline says, Airbnb is setting up over 100,000 refugees from Ukraine with host uh, free hosting. So Airbnb's co-founders have already sent letters to leaders across Europe, starting with those in Poland, Germany, Hungary, and Romania, offering support to welcome refugees within their borders and promising to work closely with the governments to best support the specific needs of each country, including providing long-term stays. So this announcement is a part of a larger movement by this company to support refugees and other displaced people around the world. Last month, the organization announced that they will be providing housing for over 30,000 Afghan refugees. And now they've set a new goal to ensure that they are extending that into obviously supporting those in Ukraine. Over the past five years, Airbnb and Airbnb.org has connected with more um, than 50,000 refugees, allies from Syria, the, uh, Venezuela, Afghanistan, providing that temporary housing. And of course, they're continuing that. So as we continue to send our love to those um, outside of our, our community, but supporting so many people that are around the world in need, being able to give a shout out to Airbnb that is dedicating some some resources that way is just so wonderful. That Ashley is, is wonderful. Yeah, and I this is definitely something that we can bring to our students depending on who we teach at a variety of different levels. So kind of being able to approach the celebration of people helping one another is an easy way to be able to bring that to a lower level or lower age student as well. Mr. Rogers did say in times of crisis, always find the helpers. 
So I love it. Look at that. Perfect. Ashley, do you want to make sure that our community can stay connected to you? You're doing a ton of stuff and obviously following you on social media, being able to connect with you and, and, and learn from you should not just happen this morning, but hopefully will continue to happen over time as we add you to our professional learning network. Will you tell us a little bit about how our community here can stay connected to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, as my name says, I'm tall techie on all of my social media. So, um, yes, I am six feet tall, which is where that comes from. But I'm also a techie person. So, yeah, all Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of it. And I'm happy to share. I'm one of those people. If I create it, I'm happy to share it. So definitely reach out if you have any questions. I love it, Ashley. Thank you so much for sharing your insight on Daily Drop-In. Thank you for waking up bright and early to talk shop with us. And obviously, we hope that you have a great rest of your day supporting all your teachers that you're supporting in your building. I know you have a big responsibility to be able to talk about tech integration. And I think it's so wonderful the work you're doing. So we're excited to kind of follow along in your journey. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I've been blessed to have this opportunity. So fun. For everyone here, we want to wish you all a wonderful Tuesday. It's March 8th. We have a feeling it's going to be just an incredible rest of our, of our day today. As many of you know, if you're again in that administrative role, we do have our admin mastermind starting here at the top of the hour. So if you are interested in joining our mastermind session, whether it be the AM session facilitated by Brian Zwimke or the PM session that's facilitated by our one and only Teach Better team member, Brad Hughes. Uh, you can definitely go find out all that information over at teachbetter.com slash mastermind. And then if you are looking for other opportunities to get involved, and actually this would include you as well, we also have proposals open for the Teach Better Conference. So for those of you that are eager to share your voice, share an idea at the Teach Better Conference, you can submit your proposal all month. Uh, you also get all of April. It's good. Our proposals are closing at the end of April, and you can share your voice in a, a few different sessions to be considered to join our lineup for the Teach Better Conference, which is, of course, October 14th and 15th of this coming fall. So for those of you uh, that are getting started for your day, please enjoy your last few sips of coffee. Ashley, thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you again, friends, later. Bye, friends. <laughs> Thank you.